0: hello welcome to this week's episode of life coaching on the move if you're a new listener welcome along um the more the merrier please feel free to share this on to your friends put it on your social media or take a screenshot and tell people about it help them download it if they don't know how to Apparently, loads of people, majority of the population, don't know how to download podcasts still yet. So, uh, if you're a returning listener, I'm really, really pleased that you've come back. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to all of you for listening along to this. Um, I don't think I need to say much more, really. Let's just crack on with this week's episode. Today, I thought I would share with you um, a story that I read years ago, um, maybe 10 years ago or more, in a book um, from another coach, uh, a Glaswegian coach uh, uh, going by the name of Ali Campbell, I think. Um, The book is called Just Get On With It. Um, and, um, it stayed with me, it stayed with me all these years. And I still use the example when I am talking with clients. So I thought I'd share it with you today because I read all of this stuff and I could save you some time, um, or you, or I could introduce you to the books well, either way it's good to share. So the particular, um, story in this book that resonated me with me, uh, the chapter was called, are you a duck on the M6? Um, now I know I've got a lot of UK listeners but there are uh, many listeners not in the UK and the M6 is a large motorway uh, running up to the north of England anyway so it was an intriguing uh, chapter title are you a duck on the M6 you don't normally get titles uh, to chapters like that what he's saying there he is a coach from Scotland and he had been that evening um talking to an audience he'd been running a motivational session down in the south of England, down in Bournemouth, I believe or paul, and uh, he delivered his talk and then decided he didn't want to stay over. He wanted to push through the night, drive home, and get home by m- the morning rather than stay in a hotel so he's driving um up north, it maybe would have been six or seven hours, something like that journey uh for him so he was by now on the M6, very close to the, the Scottish border. He was uh, near the Lake District, that sort of area. Anyway, <clears throat> and he was flagging, really struggling to stay awake. So he decided to stop on the M6 services um, to, to get some more coffee and uh, have a last shot of caffeine. And that would give him the last push to make the, the, the final bit of his journey home. So it's sunrise now. It's a beautiful day. It's very quiet. It's about 5 a.m. Not too much on on the roads. Uh, Pulled up in the service station. He's walking across the car park. Not many cars around. And as he's walking across the car park towards the services, a little group of ducks came waddling um, across and sort of flocked him, surrounded him a little bit and he thought, I'll get them a muffin. So when he was in the services, he bought his coffee and an extra muffin came out, sprinkled the muffin all over the ground and more ducks, fat little ducks, appeared from all sorts of areas in the service station car park, surrounded him and they polished off that muffin really, really quickly and he felt quite good about himself, got in the car and carried on driving up the M6 towards the Scottish border. Um, And he was thinking to himself, how bizarre, you know, they clearly live and work and hunt or whatever in the M6 service station car park. And that's obviously their territory, uh, their breeding ground, quite literally, and, um, you know, where they're their home. And yet, if they just took flight, they are a a duck's flight away from the Lake District. Beautiful, beautiful acres and acres and acres of lakes and water and countryside and just ducks paradise just over that hillside, if they would just take flight and have a look at what's over the hill or over the horizon. And In his chapter there, he draws on the analogy that isn't that true so often as of us humans, because what they had found in their service station was it was okay. It served. They got enough food. They were fat little ducks. It was enough. It was just enough. Um, And so they didn't need to take flight. They didn't risk it because what they had was okay. And he talks in that uh, chapter about the fact that so often we get into a, maybe into a rut. We get stuck. Maybe we get into a groove in our life where it's okay. It pays, pays the bills. It does its job. But we're sleepwalking. We're not inspired. We're not excited. We're not perhaps 100% if anywhere near 100% fulfilled, we don't get a buzz from it anymore, but it's, but it's okay. And so we don't take flight. We don't go and have a look at what's over on the horizon because it's okay enough. But I don't know about you. That that makes me feel a little bit, um, a little bit down, actually. I don't like that feeling. I don't like that That stuck feeling. Um, So, I suppose as a as a listener, I'm saying to you, is that you, or is it good? Are you loving your job? Are you loving your home, your family, your your life? Are you loving it? Do you get a buzz? Does it light the fire in your belly? Does it excite you? Do you get up in the morning with a spring in your step, looking forward to the day, or are you like some of my clients who on a Sunday evening dreads the start of the week? Do you dread work in the morning? Um, Do you watch the clock? Do you uh, just get your paycheck at the end of the month and it's enough? So for some of us, That is a conscious decision. I do work with quite a lot of, particularly mums uh, who are in perhaps part time jobs, but it's okay because it works around the children, it works around the family, it finishes in time for them to go and pick the children up, it enables them still to be able to take the children to school and so on. And so they've consciously decided this is okay, it's a compromise, it doesn't light my fire my belly, but it's enough because it enables me to be there for the children, it enables me to go to the gym Um, it enables me to contribute to the bills but still be there as a mum and fulfill other roles Um, and that's okay and I you know that's an enabler that's all right we've consciously decided that it fits for the moment I suppose what I'm saying is is there a better option a better enabler Could there be other options out there that, yes, they still enable you to do all of those things, but it excites you more? It's a fresh start. It's something different. It's different people, more banter, a nicer environment, Um, uh, a company that aligns with your values more um, or a job and a role that excites you and fulfills you and gives you a sense of achievement. have you put your head above the parapet have you looked out there to see if there are other roles um you know is there something that you always wanted to do you wanted to be a gardener or you wanted to work with animals or you wanted to work with old folk or be a carer or um be creative um and do painting and decorating or you know there are no rights or wrongs there's a million possible things um are you working in an office but actually you'd love to be outside or are you outside but actually you'd love to be working from home or um do you have to go on a commuter train or a bus or something and you'd rather not? You'd rather use that time for working creatively from home and run your own business. Are you an employee and you hate all the internal politics and the one-to-ones and the boss on your back and the number crunching and you'd like to be your own boss but you're nervous? Um and you were not taking flight and looking over that horizon at what the opportunities are for you to setting up your own thing where you are your own boss and you are you call your own shots. And so on. Would you have you always wanted to write a book, but you're too nervous to try? And what if nobody wants to read it? And what if it's no good? What if it's good? What if everybody does want to read it? Uh, so on and so on. So, what is it? Is there is there anything that it is this talking to you? Is this resonating with you? Because I so believe that we we're still alive and we still need to live until there's no breath in our body. There's still time, and there's still opportunity, and we can create that. Um, the other story that he tells, and I can't actually remember the name of the chapter, um, but the other one that I, I remember, he talks about he was in Europe and he was um, at a circus. He went to a big top, one of the old-fashioned type circuses, uh, in every sense of the the word. Actually, because we here don't have animal acts or animals performing in our circuses in the UK, I don't know about the rules in the U- in Europe still. But at the time when he wrote this book, and it is a few years now. Um, They did have animals performing and he was watching the elephants perform ginormous elephant perform under a small canvas Big top, you know, it's just canvas material And he's watching the elephant work with the ringmaster or the the elephant guy and he's thinking, you know that elephant is a wild animal who in its in its own territory would normally roam miles and miles and miles across the African plains. Everything in his body normally would make him just roam. Um, And yet he stays under this canvas, this big top, and does these tricks for one man. Why, how, how does this happen? How does this circus guy get this elephant to do this and fight against his instinct to go roaming? and and not break free. And so he actually asked, he stayed behind, and he asked if he could talk with the ringmaster and just ask him a question. And um, luckily, he did manage to talk to the ringmaster and put that question to him, you know, how do you train an elephant to do this and fight against his instinct? And the answer was quite troubling, actually. The answer was that you have to get them young, young enough. Sorry, I'm really struggling with throat and cold again today, Um, you have to get the elephant young enough and you chain them they are they are chained and the elephant will fight he will try and break free he will fight and fight and fight against that chain it's heartbreaking actually to think about it Um, and he will try and break free and then eventually he gives up and he stops fighting and he gives in And the circus master said, and that's when you've got them, and that's when the training starts. Um, Which is awful, horrible, horrible thought. And I'm so pleased that we don't have animal um, performances here now. Um, But Ali Campbell, who's writing the book, the coach says again that is a similar analogy to us humans sometimes we are so stuck in a rut on a job that we've been in for a long long time and we've got to stay i get clients that say yeah but i've been there for um i don't know anything else and i'm too old now to move on and if i stay there just five more years i get my pension and uh you know i've been i've got all my shares in the company i can't go now and so i'm going to just put up with it for five more years but they hate and loathe it uh, they dread it, uh, but they're not. They're 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 that elephant. They've stopped fighting the chains. They've given in now. They've given into it. They're just sleepwalking. They're then that's not living. I just think that there's life is too short, and we may only get one chance at it um and to give in like that and to be that elephant on the chains and give in and just think well if i wait five more years i get my pension great i just that wouldn't fit for me that just wouldn't just wouldn't be right for me is it right for you is does this talk to you um and so i say okay let's say you're stuck let's say you can't leave you can't leave you've got four hundred children to pay for or something and a massive mortgage and et cetera and you just can't you you although I would beg to differ. But sometimes there's just no option. Let's say, let's let's accept that perhaps there genuinely isn't another option. But there are other things we can do to our life to underpin that, aren't there? We can bring other things in so that work isn't so massive and therefore it makes the whole life feel unworthwhile, down, low, depressing, unfulfilling, unrewarding. We can underpin it with other better things around it a good social life, a good family life, um, activities, hobbies, interests, uh, so that we've got other things that do fight the belly, uh, light the belly in our fire, that do make us want to get up in the morning and perhaps we could do something before we go to work, an hour before, a class that we love and excites us, or um, an activity or a club or a workshop or a group, be part of a group um, and, um, you know, a pursuit where you're part of a, a, um, a class or a group of people where you've got like-minded other individuals that you make new friends with and so on so that there are good parts to our lives and if there aren't yet if you are stuck in that job stuck in that rut and then you come home because you're tired I'm just tired all I want to do is read the paper and watch the telly and that's because you've just totally lost your mojo you've just totally lost the stuffing in you there's nothing it's empty um but we can do things about that can't we We'd make ourselves get up get on get out get out there and meet people find things test the test the waters Um, find an activity that really excites you that gives you something to look forward to that gives you something to look forward to the weekend for or the thursday night or the monday nights join a tennis club or golf club or an activity or anything 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 i do passionately believe as you may have gathered uh, that we've got to have some good there's got to be some positives uh, to make the negatives less Uh, If we shine some light, the more light we shine, the more the darkness goes. So if there is darkness in our job, job we need, we owe it to ourselves to shine some more light in our home life, um, one way or the other. Our social life, our friends, our activities, our interests, our reading material, our, our eating habits, everything. We've got to shine some light on that to make that better. Um and actually often we never know quite what an activity is going to bring to us. It's only by trying more things. The more interviews I listen to of people that uh, find their way into a career that when they look back on how they got into it, it was a bizarre route it was that they just tried to do X, Y, Z. They loved it, that that opened a door and that opened a door and that opened a door. It's only by getting out there and living a little bit that doors open for us. They don't open for us if we stay inside. Um, although that's where the doors are, of course. <laughs> I've just realized what I said there. Um, when I look back on my life, for example, there are there are good and bad times as there are for all of us. Um, but I wouldn't change any of it because every single one of those events led on to the next event, which led on to the next event, good or bad, which led on to the next event. Um, you know, if I hadn't have gone to that party when I was, I don't know, um, late teens, I didn't want to go to that party. My friend desperately wanted to, I didn't, uh, but I went reluctantly and it was ended up being a tiny party. It was a bit of a disaster. It wasn't a great party, I have to say, but I went and I ended up talking to the guy whose party it was. I didn't know him, ended up talking to him. And those were the days where we used to have proper records, albums, and LPs and things. And so I sat looking through and realized we had so much in common in terms of our music taste. So we were putting records on, and listening to records share in, shared interests, And one thing led to another and we ended up being a couple. We ended up seeing each other and becoming an item. And then I ended up getting married very young very foolishly but I ended up we we got married um, and we were so young and in hindsight it was foolish we've been told it was foolish by our parents who were not happy about it but you have to make your own mistakes so I got naively married very young and of course it was too young for both of us and it didn't work out and we end ended up divorcing after a few years Um, it was hard divorce it was a, a really tough time you know, it was heartbreaking. I didn't see it, I didn't think it was going wrong. For me, it was still going really, really well. What I didn't know was that he had uh, met somebody else and he was by now seeing somebody else because he was very young and I was the only girl that had ever been in his life. And when I ultimately found out about this other person, by now she was expecting his baby which was very very hard for me because that of course was what i had hoped for we were married i thought that was going to be me <clears throat> and so these these rock your world that, that was a tough tough time i thought we were going to grow old together naively of course that's what i thought or i wouldn't have entered into marriage thought my future was planned out thought i knew who i was going to grow old with um thought i knew what was going to happen this time next week this time next month this time next year with whom and suddenly I discover all of this and your world is turned upside down. There's no other phrase for it, but your world is rocked. And of course that's hard. It's, it's not easy to go through that. Um, But you do, you go through it. You have a tough time and you have to rebuild your life. And part of me rebuilding my life was the decision that I would go to evening classes to study something, anything. It didn't matter at that time what it was going to be. I wanted to go to an evening class to make friends with new people who didn't know us as a couple. I knew I needed some new friends. I knew I needed to get out and have a new social life. That was part of the healing process. That was part of the bouncing back. I need to get out there. I need to rebuild my life, <clears throat> so I signed up for an evening class and when I signed up, I actually said to the lecturer i don 't I don't want to do the exam i 'm not clever enough to do an exam that there we are That was the low so sorry the low confidence and self esteem that I had when I was young. Proof that you can build it up and i said i won 't be doing the exam. I just want to come along and learn." Um, A little bit about psychology because I think it will help me get through this and it'll be interesting and I'll make new friends. That was the purpose he nodded wisely knowing that he was going to put me in for the exam and that i would do well he had every faith in his teaching ability and so he should because he was a superb lecturer the best that i've ever had and he got us all through the exams and we all did phenomenally well i never thought i was capable of that ever 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 thought i was capable of that i'd done not very well at school Uh, particularly i wasn't particularly interested i wasn't a great student at school but I was older and wiser now and had a great lecture. He inspired us all and we all got A-level psychology. And as a group, we made so many friends, so, so good, a great little group that we decided we'd enroll the next year for another uh, A-level together. So we signed up for sociology. And again, we stuck together. So from the divorce and the heartache and the hurt and the terrible situation of having to sell the home, split everything up, um, go through all the divorce, go through all of that, uh, rebuild a life and um, split the dogs. We had two dogs. I had one. He had one. I had to say goodbye to one. So on and so on. Watch him become a father with somebody else in the same hometown. All of that. From that came some great, great friendships and an A-level, and then another A-level. I now had two A-levels. Never thought that was possible for me. Never, ever thought I would do that. And then realized I could do something with this. I could actually, maybe I could go to university. I had never thought I could go to university. I'd never thought I was right enough. No one had ever said I was capable of it. The teachers had never suggested it. And I was the first in our family that went to university. I did. I gave up my f- then flat, my car, my job. I was doing well in a job. I had a good job. I gave it all up and went to university as a slightly mature <laughs> student, and um, did a degree in psychology. Which of course then got me into pharmaceutical sales. I did well in sales and became a trainer with my psychology degree and my my sales. Um, became a training manager. Progressed. Um, did well. Uh, was with my now husband and we decided to have a family. So I gave that, uh, that career up because of too much traveling abroad and decided to set up my own company. Um, did some more coaching training, became a coach, diploma, neurolinguistic programmer, bu- built upon all of the qualifications that I already had with the training and the, uh, psychology. I added to it, added, added to it and added to it studied whilst my little one was asleep the baby was asleep and built up a small practice so it's only by looking back that you realize how every event led to the next event is only by getting out there and living a little bit and not sitting in and dwelling too much of course you have to do that for a while but you have to get out there and brush your knees it's not it's not the falling down that defines you it's how often you get back up and how quickly you get back up um, and knowing that each thing, even though you don't know what it's going to bring in your life, I didn't know the A-level psychology course was going to bring anything more than just one friend, bought lots of friends, a lifelong friend, one friend is still my friend now, years later, still great mates, great, great dear friends, um, and a degree, and a career, and my own business, all of that led on from that one party. If I hadn't gone to that party, I wouldn't have met him. If I hadn't met him, I wouldn't have got married. If I had not got married, I wouldn't have done the, got divorced. If I hadn't got divorced, I wouldn't have done the, I'd have done other things. And who knows what my life would be now. So resilience is bouncing back. It's brushing your knees off and getting back. It's giving things a go if you're stuck in a rut and you haven't got bir- fire in your belly. It's getting out there and shining some light on other areas that are in your control, bringing new activities and trying. It's taking flight. Is not being that duck on the M6. It's taking flight and seeing if there is the Lake District over the hill, seeing if there is anything nicer, better, more fulfilling, more rewarding, Um just seeing what's out there it's not giving up and fighting those chains and being stuck in a rut it's keeping your head above the parapet and keeping an eye open keeping an open mind for all the possible things and saying yes if I hadn't said yes to that party what would have, what would my life be now? I certainly wouldn't be here doing this. It might've been better. (laughs) I don't, I don't think so. I genuinely don't think so. And I genuinely, if I took my clock back and could do everything again, I wouldn't change a single thing, not even the heartache with the divorce. And it was horrible. Um, It made me who I am. It's made me more compassionate and um, more empathetic to all my clients because I've been through that and other difficult times in my life. It makes us who we are. It makes us able to understand other people's pain and suffering. Um, It teaches us about ourselves. So if you're going through a hard time, you will be learning a lot about yourself. You will be a stronger person for others everything brings something with it good and bad we've just got to look for the good there will be good in there so if you're going through a tough time now keep going keep going through it you will come out the other side and you will come out stronger and wiser and your life will be richer as a result it may not feel it right now but it genuinely will if you are stuck in a rut then somehow put your head above the parapet and find other things to make it feel better, to shine some light on it or replace it and take flight, have a look and see what's out there. Keep an open mind um, and don't be that duck on the M6 or that little elephant, that young elephant that grows into a, a bigger elephant that shouldn't be in that environment. It should be wild and doing what it's best at, what it was put on this earth for. Um, So live the life that you were put on this earth for Um, Because we owe it to ourselves. No one's going to do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves We have to make that happen for ourselves and it's only us that can do that It's only us that can say yes. Yes, my friend invited me to the party But I had to say yes and get my butt out there and go go to that party and see the opportunities and take risks so go for it this week As a key learning from today, get out there, have a look, take flight, open up your mind, look around you and notice what's around there. Good and bad, don't fight the bad. We we need some of that in our lives too, and it will happen, it is inevitable. You'll get through it, you can get through it. If you are struggling with any of this, if you're a mum that wants a different role, or if you're in a job that wants to diff you want to take flight and take some risks and you want some support, or you're going through a tough time and you want some support or whatever, for whatever reason, if you feel coaching could help you and that I've been talking to you, then pick up the phone or Google dot coachingcouk and click on contact me or um, whatever boxes are there or the email box or whatever and drop me a line and we can put some one-to-one coaching in the diary where we can tailor it specifically for the issues you're struggling with. Uh, You can have just one coaching or a couple. It's completely up to you. You're in the driving seat. or if, you, if you've if you been listening to this and you think, this is my friend, then please take a screenshot of this or help her or him download it so that they can listen to this and get some um, comfort and some help to know that they're not the only ones going through tough times and that there is hope at the end of and daylight at the end of the tunnel and they will get through it. Uh, so if nothing else, share this podcast for others. It could be just what they need, one or other of these episodes or the back Catalogue um, or... If you want some coaching, then make contact and we can most definitely put a date in the diary for that. Either phone coaching, FaceTime coaching or one-to-one coaching are any of those options. So um, if not, thank you so, so much for listening today. I'm really looking forward to you joining me on next week's episode of Life Coaching on the Move. Have a great week. <laughs>